the college football experience way too early week 12 preview on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by win bet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500 terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store this is today. Brian Bosworth, aka the Boz, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, brother. Peace out, Boz out. Welcome. Welcome to the college football experience. Way too early week 12 preview. My name is Kobe swinging database Dan, AKA pick Don D that's not a pick. This is a pick and I'm joined by my co-host, former JMU Duke defensive back. Give it up for the burrito eating sideline kiss stealing wheeling and dealing Patty C in the place to be. Hi. How are you? Look, let me just, let me just get you some. Let's go. Buddy at this point in the regular season, this music is playing in everyone's heart. Yes. Okay. We're all coming down to the wire here and Daytona 500 is essentially what we're going for here. The, the largest stakes that you can imagine. Yes. And we're also joined third man in the booth. We've been previewing all, by the way, this is week 12 preview. Make sure you check out all the other weeks because we've gone week by week door to door, baby. All right. Uh, give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking homebrew making tobacco road, living the free lock given former, former Herndon basketball league MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. How we doing, fellas? We're doing we're doing great, man. It's Life. easy to see a tide turn. That's that's, right. that's that's what we're doing here. We're turning that tide to week twelve, baby. <laughs> if you're a first time listener, what we do is we draft the top thirty games of the week. I had the first pick this week because last week I had the third pick. Second is NC Nick, and third is Patty C. We will make the case of why the game is played where it is, and then. After those 30 draft picks, we then draft the Lou Holtz. What the fuck game of the week of why is that game scheduled and why should there not be any cameras there? <laughs> and then we have our upset of the week. So let's get to it. Pick Dundee is on the clock. Pick one here. What do you got for us? You know where I'm going. I'm going to Norman, Oklahoma, big 12 Colby making a statement from the start. Look, the Big 12 trying to protect Oklahoma. 
They throw this game on the back end of a uh, a back to back away for Iowa State. So they're trying to they're Tough trying draw. to do it. Tough draw. Matt Campbell out coaches Lincoln Riley almost every time they meet up, even in the the games they lose. Iowa State at Oklahoma, perhaps for all the marbles in the Big Twelve. Mayhaps I or, mean, or perhaps an early if Iowa State wins this, maybe it. Makes, this could bump one of the teams it from the could Big qualify 12. them for the Big Twelve championship. Yeah, it could, it could yeah. be both a qualifier and an elimination game from the Big Twelve championship, and potentially the College Football Invitational. And I believe what they played this game. So last year was that in Norman? Last year was in Ames. Mm, that's a good question. Because a nineteen, I think it was, they went for two, and they didn't get it in Oklahoma one. Two yeah, years ago, Oklahoma won forty-two to forty-one. That's when Iowa State last, went for two. Was last right. year in Ames or was it in Norman? Don't have that in front of me. I know Iowa State won 37 30. Because college football, uh, with that COVID, they kind of changed the away games. Last year was in Ames. Ames. Okay. They won 37 30. Well, Matt Campbell's two and two against him, right? He's won one in Norman and he's lost by one point at Norman. Yep. And so, then lost in the Big 12 championship game yes. at. Uh, well, no, then, then I think that Arlington. makes it two and three. He's two and, two three. and three then. Okay. Um, but he's really pushed them to the brink considering the talent advantage that Oklahoma has. Nick, your thoughts on this game? It's a great game. You know, as much shit as I've given you for picking Big 12 matchups, I cannot on this one because I had this ranked number one as well. In general, I would say that this week, you know, a lot of SEC schools are playing. FCS opponents or New Mexico state. So other conferences are going to have to do the heavy lifting, including the big 12. And I do think just, you know, the past couple of years, this game has been awesome. And I see no reason why this game isn't awesome as well, especially because it might mean the whole big 12 regular season crown. So yeah, I'm with you, man. This is going to be a fun game. Tune in. It's going to be a, a wild ride. Can't wait for it. Patty C. Uh, no, actually pick two. Goes over to NC Nick. Where are you going, pal? Another nice little uh, classic rivalry in the Pac-12, and also a game that could decide the regular season Pac-12 South crown. I'll go UCLA at USC. Battle of LA. This game was a dandy last year. It really looked like UCLA was going to win this game before Dorian Thompson Robinson threw a pick six, and then USC got new life. So USC ended up winning 43, 38. I think this game this year is going to be just as close, just as exciting. And you know, I'm on the Bruins this year. So they exact their revenge in the Coliseum and take down USC. Mm, Patty, see your thoughts on the battle of Los Angeles being played at number two by NC Nick. Well, I mean, it is, uh, it is being played in the Coliseum, which makes me think that uh, the, possibility that UCLA pulls this upset, which no matter how much of a talent event, and, and obviously I think the talent gap, the coaching gap, the experience gap, the familiarity with the system gap have all closed to the point where this should be a pretty close game, just like it was last year. I think not being in the Rose bowl, but I don't know how much of a help that was because there weren't any fans. Yeah, in the there Rose weren't bowl. any fans. Yeah. So um, that said, the Coliseum is a little bit of an advantage. Um, it's a, it's going to be a good game. I would favor USC right now if I had to choose, but UCLA, not you know, me. I don't no? know. I mean, I guess you have to based off the talent, but yeah, about three, but maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. Close game, close game. And uh, look, if UCLA ever wants to get the, there's, there's a gatekeeper in the pac 12, 
South and it is USC. So is Clay Helton coaching this game, guys? <laughs> Let me look at USC's schedule. I, I, do I think USC so. has a solid enough of a year at this point where he's not let go. Uh, but I don't think they're going to crush it this year either. So if they lose to the Bruins, I don't know. Maybe you, this is the final nail in the coffin. You no, do realize they're gonna have a good if year. If San Jose State upsets him week one, I expect him to be fired. <laughs> he might be right then, week one. Yes. USC alumni, yes. <laughs> um Patty C pick three, where are you going, pal? Well, come on, guys. You know me. We are going to another game that's near and dear to my heart and a fun one. Uh <clears throat> a little down the list here that uh from Colby. Um, Virginia Tech going to Miami in what is always a fun game. Uh, back and forth rivalry. Um, you know, Miami dominated the early days of this rivalry, but you know, really since the mid nineties when Foster and uh and Beamer came in here, Tech's had the advantage. Now Miami's righted the ship a little bit, have has uh, won three of the last four. They got lucky last year. They dude. did get very they lucky. Got very <laughs> lucky last year. Um, one by one. Yeah. This one's in Miami this year, and I expect I, what we expected when the uh, Coastal invited Miami and the ACC invited Miami and Virginia Tech that this would be the deciding game, and I think this will be. I think Virginia Tech gets North Carolina early on in the season, and then uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously North Carolina is going to be in the mix too, but this will have a very big impact on the coastal coastal yeah, race here. I mean, all these games. <laughs> There's another one in the coastal we'll get to later. That's very similar to this. Played it early, in my opinion, though, buddy. But well, I just, I just love these two teams going at it. They, these are two teams with a lot of pride and a lot of swag, and they hate each other, so it makes for good watching. Nick, your thoughts on Virginia Tech at Miami? I know ACC Nick is he going to get up and uh, say this was the right play here? Well, I had it ranked at number four, so you know, only one spot back. So yeah, I have no, I have no problem with it being played third here. Boom, uh, dude! This game's always great. I mean, if you go back to the the days in the in the Big East, you're right. Those Virginia Tech Miami games are great, and I think Virginia Tech came on top. You know, they won like what two or three in a row or something. Uh, the last two games, you've got a one point win by Miami, a seven point win by by uh, VT. So it's going to be a good game. It's going to be close, and it, it very well might be meaningful as well. I mean, let me say this. You ever watch those uh uh Miami like rival or what are those? Is 30 for 30s on Miami? No. They, okay, well fair enough. But <laughs> the second one that's like the the second time that they were like the shitbag program that they are, they go through their their uh, championship season in 2001, which is supposed to be like the greatest roster ever, and they skip that Virginia Tech game. Why? Because they only won by fucking 2 points and Virginia Tech dropped Dude, a 2 point. Dude, that was division. a that documentary was just bullshit to me. Like, yeah, you're clearly cheating. <laughs> yeah. And you're making it look like to be the greatest thing right, ever. They're just glorifying yeah. their cheating. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Well, I want to say the creator of the documentary was a U of M grad and a fan of Miami. So right there, that should, you know, set off some red flags. Right. It was actually Nevin Shapiro that created the, yeah, uh, he probably funded that thing. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, folks. I want to tell you guys that the college football experience is brought to you by win bet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer up to a $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at WinBet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com, and download the app today. Pick for the draft. It's me, guys. You missed one that is way better than. 
Well, I mean, I guess I like the first three. I really do like the first three, so I'm not going to complain too much. But I'm going to take you to Salt Lake City, where the Oregon Ducks are going to catch an L. <laughs> Mark, t- and you can take that to the bank, Patty C. This is a loss. You might be right. This is a loss. Oregon travels to Utah. Look, Oregon might have whooped up on Utah in the Pac-12 championship because they didn't play in the regular season a couple years ago. That game was in uh, what uh, San Francisco, wherever that 49er yeah. stadium is, out in the middle of nowhere, right? Uh, Palo Alto, no, that's San Mateo. It's not San Mateo. Somewhere I don't know where the hell it is. It's yeah. somewhere by San Francisco, like an hour south of San Francisco, where they had decided to have a national championship that no one went to. Right. All right. <laughs> But when you got to go to Salt Lake City and you know damn well it's going to be cold in mid November here, this is a loss. This is a loss. Mark my words, NC Nick. Utah is going to beat Oregon here. I can't wait to watch this one. Uh, I hear you, man. I so this was the the one I had ranked number three. I had this one ranked above Virginia Tech, Miami. So I'm right there, lockstep with you. And yeah, you know, Oregon might have beat. Utah in the 2019 PAC 12 championship game. But the last time they played in Salt Lake city in 2018, they lost 32 to 25. Dude, that, so you're damn right. It's a potential upset material. It's one of the best home field environments. I feel like it, it, it's under, like, I know we always highlight like a Penn state or uh, or Iowa or, you know, some of these other schools that have a great, this is a sneaky one. This is a sneaky one that I think you know, I think people think, oh, at USC, at Utah is probably one of the more underrated in the nation. Yeah, I agree. Well, let me ask you guys this: Utah as a state, like this is a broader question, but do you feel like they get their due in the in the national sporting landscape, or does the 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 you know, I guess the rest of the country doesn't have the same level of <laughs> are you taking a picture of me over here? What? That's for the gram. <laughs> okay. Right? Uh, does the rest of the uh, country give Utah credit? I mean, obviously that happens with any group of five team that's coming up. They have to like, you know, earn their stripes at the power five level before people like recognize them and have, have a brand. But even with like the Utah jazz, I mean the NBA doing what the NBA does look, Oh, the one C jazz fucking losing the second round again. Um, it's just the, the state of Utah, I feel like has a hard time getting the credit they deserve. They're and great fans. They always yeah. have great fans, whatever the sport is. So I don't know, but yes, I agree with you. Uh, huge home field advantage. And for two smash mouth, smash mouth coaches, uh, I think Winningham's way better than Cristobal in terms of X's and yes. O's. So uh, if he's trying to execute that style against Winningham, I'm telling you, I smell, you smell that. I, I smell, smell an that upset, upset uh. in Salt Lake city, baby. Uh, know, to answer Patty's question. I've always enjoyed my time in Utah. It's a beautiful state. Uh, but I, I think as far as uh, the ratings of our show here, I think one of the lowest states is Utah. So <laughs> true. That is true. what the hell are you doing out there? You come on Utes. Tell a friend, are you sitting at the bar or we you curse sit- too much for him? Look, if you start so- <laughs> next time you start soaking, why don't you tell him about the college, the college football experience? That's right. You soak uh, and listen to this podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, NC Nick pick five. Where you going, pal? All right. So uh, I mentioned that a lot of the sec games this week are horrible. Well, there's one that isn't. And uh, this one also, I think has potential upset material. It is Florida at Missouri. Uh, Columbia is going to be lit for this, you know, especially if Mizzou is, is having the kind of year I think they're capable of, even though Florida might've won 41, 17 last year, I think this one will be much closer 
and we might have a potential upset here. I I'm on board because this is going to be cold. Columbia, Missouri in mid November will be cold. Florida's not used to that great opportunity for, for Missouri last year. Remember they also, they lost in the swamp, but Drinkowitz, he couldn't even install his full offense, you know, short COVID ruined everything for those first year coaches. I love this game. I love this spot. You played it at the right spot. I'm on board. The only thing wow, I'm off we are on all in agreement so far. Well, well, the only thing I'm off on is Virginia Tech, Miami. I would have had for like uh, probably right now I would have played it after Florida, Missouri, but I could, I'm not going to complain much on this. Well, here's the other thing about this too is that we looked through Missouri's schedule. They really don't have a super tough uh, cross division draw, which you know for some reason they're in the East, but their cross division draw they play A and M, but they play them at home. And so if they're able to get that, uh, even if they take the L at Athens, which you would expect them to do, if they have for whatever reason just one uh, conference loss yeah. at this point, yeah, then they could put themselves into a three-way tie uh, for the division just by beating or Florida. Or just imagine if Georgia was to Georgia normally has that clunker. Yeah, imagine if that happens. Yeah, you know, then all of a sudden you're in the mix. I mean, this game really, when you think of what it, if the clunker is to Missouri. <laughs> Yeah, it could be you know to Missouri. I mean? If that's the case, then uh, then Missouri. I mean, th- this game obviously has uh, major implications, yeah, SEC yeah, championship yeah. Uh, implications. But Ferret Field, uh, I don't know that it's had implications on this level since they've been in the SEC. Really, since back when no, but uh, Pinkle took them to a couple SEC championships. Yeah, but yeah. they wouldn't have been. I guess he did. He have them like in the national championship hunt those years. I don't know. That was yeah. pre uh, invitational. So I think that this this could end up being one of the biggest games we've seen from Missouri since they uh, went what eleven yeah. and, or since, ten and one back in, since playing Kansas with Todd Riesling. That's right. And Chase right. Daniel against Todd Riesling. That's right. Um, love love it. Love the play here. Uh, Patty C pick six. Where are you going, pal? Oh boy. Okay. Um, Hmm. Where do I want to go with this? I'll tell you where I'm going to go. I no, it's too early for uh, there's this. I think the first drop off just happened in quality of games. You know what? No, it didn't. Uh, let's go Stanford Cal. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I love it. The the greatest play in the history of college football. I'll never let anyone tell me otherwise. Yeah, there's not anything close to you it. get a band player, the the, the classic dork, right? <laughs> Just getting destroyed by a football player. Yeah, Revenge it, of the Nerds was inspired by that moment. <laughs> Biff and Tannen, it was John Elway also. Biff yeah. Tannen was inspired by that moment. That that's how <laughs> Biff Tannen got created. Like Kevin Moan yeah. of Cal is Biff Tannen. That is the greatest. That might be the greatest play in football history. Yeah, it really might. Yeah, and what like what Nick said. What people don't even realize is John Elway had just completed one of the most legendary comebacks in college football history. Not, not two minutes before that. Yeah. Just a, <laughs> Amazing. Uh, game. I, I love it. I love the spot you're playing it at uh, Nick, your thoughts on Stanford. Cal. I think it's a little early. Uh, I mean, look who else like from a rivalry standpoint is going to bring you and a, a potential implications. The pac 12 North is wide open. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you would think Oregon and Washington are the, are the two top teams. So what? even if it's wide open, this is middle pack, big uh, pac 12 North. Don't sleep on my cow play to win the North. Uh, Washington went seven and five, two years ago. Cal's beat him. Cal's beating Washington two in a row, two in a row. And they beat Oregon last year. Watch out I got for the bears. Least, I, I got at least 10 games better than this one. You're just a hater. You're a <laughs> hater out there. Look, it's since, a, kind of a boring pac 12 game. What? Come on. It's a great, it's a great rivalry. Yeah. For who? 
for football. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys live in California, so Look, you're closer to it, perhaps. Let me tell you, I what. don't think the East Coast is getting giddy about Cal Stanford. Here's what you don't understand: living out there on the East Coast, you coastal elite, <laughs> ACC Nick. Okay, big fan of like, what do they call that? Uh, smart person triangle over there. <laughs> I don't know, dude. The research triangle. The buddy. research triangle. Yeah, well, well, apparently you didn't do your research because this is one of the ten. Longest rivalries in the history of college football, buddy. Yeah, not to does, mention that doesn't mean it's one of the most ten most watched. <laughs> <laughs> look, okay. Well, look uh, when you watch, uh, look, Fast and the Furious isn't the greatest movie ever, all right? But that's the most watched, all right? <laughs> that's right, Sanford Cal folks. Uh, <laughs> you just compared it to Fast and Furious. Uh, look, this game will not be fast nor furious. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. It'll be slow and plotting. But who would have thought that would be ca- the case for uh, San Francisco football? And it is. That's how much times have changed. I mean, how it. many great quarterbacks have been a part of this game? This a is lot. a lot of great quarterbacks have been a part give of this Jimmy game. Give me Jimmy Plunkett. Give me John Elway. Give some, me Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. You could go well, Steve can Bartowski. The average, can the can the average football fan, college football fan, right now name either starting quarterback? No, no. Well, Chase I can't Garbers. even name Stanford off the top yeah. of my head. It's Jack West, which okay. is the name that sounds like every Stanford quarterback ever. <laughs> Stanford is the Duke of the East. They're just better. They just have generically named quarterbacks. Honestly, could you put Jack West uh, like if you were to put him on any other team, it'd be Duke, right? Yeah. Davis Mills could have easily played for Duke. Yeah. Daniel Jones could have easily played Andrew for Stanford. Andrew Luck could have been Duke. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Luck could have been Duke. Todd Husak could have been Duke. Good points. Good yeah. points. Um, Look, here's I what I'm saying. I still don't want to watch a game though. <laughs> 35 million or, or more now in the state of California and only four power five teams. Dude, this was a one point game last year. And he says he still doesn't want to watch the game. I mean, gosh, East I'm coast won't be close. <laughs> he's just a, he's just a hater. Um, all right, guys, I want to tell you guys that the college football experience is brought to you by Coors light. Yes. You ever feel like you're always on Patty C. Yes. All right. Well, sometimes when you feel like you're on, do you realize you need a moment to chill? I'm on right now, and I need a moment to chill. So crack me one. That bandmate needed a moment to chill after that football player (laughs) ran through him, spiked the ball (laughs) on his head. Uh, How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? Because these days everything is go go go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues, and really just an expectation to be on twenty four seven. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn it off, hit that reset button. And that's when you reach for cores light, baby. It's made to chill the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Patty C. How cool is that? I know you used to love glow in the dark stickers. You were telling me last year, you got a bunch, right? Well, yeah, I got glow in the dark, everything. (laughs) You don't want to know about that. (laughs) I don't. You're very, very accurate there. All right. (laughs) Course light is the, uh, is the one I choose. When I need to unwind, like when Patty C says something outrageous, I just need to sip my Coors Light afterwards, right? So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. Guys, you're leaving me on the board here. I hate to do it to you, but Big 12 Colby's back. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Texas at West Virginia. This is to me the last game before the drop off. Cause this one, we think West Virginia could be players in the old uh, big 12 this year, especially if Iowa state loses to Oklahoma. I think West Virginia could be in a spot to steal the bid to play for the big 12 championship Indeed, and Texas too. Both these teams are going to be alive in that race. 
Indeed. This is a, this is a great game. Morgantown's going to be rocking. Cause you know, they're going to want to take down Texas. Uh, Nick, your thoughts. I know you hate the big 12, but I want to know what you think. Well, I, I had it as a top 10 game. So uh, once again, I'm not going to give you too much crap, maybe a little too high, definitely more interesting than Cal Stanford, just cause Texas at West Virginia is interesting. Just it's such a long road trip. And just to see the West Virginia crowd in a big game like this, you're really high on West Virginia and, and I, I'm not trying to sell them short, but I don't know if they can really contend in the conference this year. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but I do think they can beat Texas here and it'll be interesting to see what kind of year Texas is having coming into this game. So it's an interesting game. I'm on board. Hey, these teams have played 10 times. Their records five and five. So I, I, I refer back to 2018 when 11 or 10 and one Oklahoma came into West Virginia, Morgantown on the final game of the season and had to outlast them in a 59 to 56 shootout. That same Oklahoma team went to the orange bowl and only lost by nine it really should be Georgia, right? Is that the one that, oh, that should... they played Alabama? Was that a, was that a homecoming game or no, a playoff game? That must've been a playoff. Yeah. Game. Alabama smoked him one year. I remember that F- 45 to 34 that particular year. So Oklahoma really wasn't like super far out of the actual contention for the national championship that year. And going to West Virginia was still their biggest challenge. They faced outside of the loss to Texas that year. So uh, look, it's not a cakewalk to go to Morgantown. We know this. This and game is great. Yeah, this it game should is be a great. fun one. This is a great game. I don't know what Nick's talking about. Okay, NC Nick, it is on you with what is it? Pick ten, I think. Sure, sure. I'm not counting. Pick eight. Uh, pick but eight I got maybe? a great game here, and <laughs> you know that? what? There's so many like kind of above average games, like you won, like the one you just played. Let me pick a game that matches up two schools that went 10 and one last year. I'm talking Louisiana at Liberty, Ooh. Louisiana Lafayette. They dropped the Lafayette, but great play. Great. That's play. right. Uh, don't say it's too early. Cause this is a great game. It should be. It's a hell of a game between two very good group of five schools. Like I said, both were 10 and one last year. It's at Liberty and Liberty has got a vibe before this. Meanwhile, it's the second of back-to-back road games for the raging Cajuns. They're at Troy the week before. So Ooh. tough spot for Louisiana. Now, now who's got the best quarterback? Is it Levi Lewis or is it Malik Willis? I think Malik Willis is probably better. I think, well, he for the NFL, <laughs> I think, but I, I think for college football, I think they're both pretty darn good. Yeah. I'd say Lewis is a little bit more consistent and, and Malik Willis is a little bit more, you know, off and on, but when he's on, that guy is legit here. So I, you know, I kind of say this is a little bit like the BYU coastal game from last year. Now, granted it wasn't, you know, scheduled on the fly, uh, but I think it's like just two really good programs here. Well, I mean, help a game. If you, if, especially if Lafayette upsets Texas week one and also <laughs> Liberty gets old miss, Hugh freeze goes down there. And I think they're, they're very capable of winning. Both those teams are capable of winning both those games. Imagine if they're both undefeated at this spot. Then it would be if, like a top three game. Yeah. If this game is not on your radar, it should be. I agree. This yeah. is an awesome game. I'm really excited to watch. I mean, this one. last year, if you have any question about how competitive they would have been had they played, uh, just look at their common opponent, which was obviously the elite Coastal Carolina. Chanticleers, uh, Louisiana lost by three, 30 to 27. And uh, what's uh, Liberty won by three, 37 to 34 in overtime. So mm. they're basically the same exact quality of team. 
I mean, and this has New Year's Six uh, potential implications. So, uh, love it. Great play. Great play. Uh, Patty C, that turns it to you, buddy. Okay. Where are you going with pick nine? I believe. Well, guys, this is going to have a little bit of a personal flavor, but I'm staying in the group of five, and we are going to Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati, mm, where I like it. the Mustangs of SMU will be traveling to face off with what again might be a New Year's Six team in Cincinnati, and if they pull upsets against. Indiana and Notre Dame, potentially an invitational team, unlikely knowing the invitational. If they're undefeated, if they were able to beat Indiana and Notre Dame, which is a big if. Starting at number eight and then beating two teams that are starting the season probably in the top 15, that would be a massive snub if it if they're not at the very least in the conversation for the playoff at this uh, point. I, I think SMU is one of the most interesting teams in the country because you know we know Sonny Dyke's offense can light it up. He hires Jim Levitt. I'm Great re- hire. really eager to see how that how that works with the Mustangs. Gotta love when you pair a great offensive mind with a great defensive mind. Yes. Yes. So I saw it happen at a and M just down the road. You know what, who they, who they put uh who's the DC there it is the Elko. guy from Notre Dame, Mike Elko. Yeah. yeah. You put Elko with uh fucking uh, Fisher and then boom, you're finished number five in the nation. And this is one that you, at Cincinnati could put maybe sleepwalk in. They think they beat those other teams. Hey, and SMU come out there and beat them. Uh, who knows? I mean, th- I, w- I will say in Dallas last year, since he won 42 to 13. So at in that game, the SMU offense, nor the defense was any good, but I do think it'll be closer. This go around. I think SMU's improved. And like you said, maybe since he's kind of, you know, smelling themselves after a couple big wins. So uh, I, it is an interesting game. I like it. Well, that was a good game through like two quarters. Like we're almost like one one point seven five quarters of football. They were really competitive, and then the second half, Cincinnati just blew the doors off them. So uh, maybe Cincinnati. I don't know, but uh, I think SMU get really injured last year, though. Okay. If memory serves me correct, but playing our DFS rosters, I thought their top two wideouts got injured, and I think at one point uh, Bichelle went down. Right? I think the Bichelle was out for a game or two. I don't know if it was that game, but potentially um, Cincinnati cannot be asleep for this one. I, I like the play there. All right. Pick Dundee. It's back to me. I'm going to Bloomington, Bloomington, Indiana, Minnesota at Indiana. Everyone's talking Indiana Hoosiers. All right. Everyone's saying, Hey, Tom Allen had the, you know, he is doing a great job. I'm not trying to take it. I'm not trying to disrespect you, Tom, but I am just not buying all the hype. And I think everyone's underselling PJ Fleck. That's why I think the Minnesota golden Gophers are going to come into Bloomington and deal the Hoosiers and L can't wait to watch this one. I think it's two teams that should be bowl teams. The minute this might be a huge game for the big 10 West because Minnesota might not be able to afford a loss at this point. Nick, what's your thoughts on Minnesota at Indiana? Yeah, I like it. And I, I think PJ Fleck has Minnesota exactly where he wants them because it seems like everybody forgot about what they did in 2019. Yeah. When I mean they were like in the playoff, I mean they were like a potential playoff team for a little while. Yeah, and they beat, they and whooped up on Auburn in that bowl game. Yeah, and yeah, throw last year out the window. Just just toss it out. Don't even think about it. I think Minnesota is a very dangerous team this year. They bring back a lot, and uh, I wouldn't uh, certainly would not be surprised if they went into Bloomington and got the W. But Indiana's a pretty good team too. So I had this as a top ten game as well. I love it. It should be a fun game. I'll be watching. Let me let me say this. Uh, 
Minnesota is coming off uh, a road game at Iowa the week before, and then going to Indiana. Ooh, that's a great spot for Indiana to catch them. That's true. Indiana coming off a home game against Rutgers the week before, so probably able to dial in and focus for the Minnesota game. Uh, that, that is could a tricky be an spot for Fleck. You're right. Maybe I rethink my ink on that pick. Then maybe Indiana wins that one. Uh, could be a good game though. It, it should be a good game, and it should be one that I think uh, we, all I should be on probably at this point in the season. So, um, all right, NC Nick, it is on you with pick number eleven. All right, let's stay in the Big Ten, shall we? Uh, Rutgers at Penn State. <laughs> He's playing it early. I like I'm it. Playing it a she, little she, early. She you know, just, against his old school, right? That's right. Yeah, you know, some of the other games might be more meaningful, but they might be more boring. And this game to me is very interesting. <laughs> He's giving Rutgers a lot of credit yeah, over is. there well, about well, them first not off, being boring. <laughs> as a, as, as a, I was a Penn State fan of the '90s and early 2000s. And Penn State often raided the states of New Jersey, New York, and the Mid Atlantic for talent. Yes. Yeah. And the way Shiano and Rutgers are recruiting, there's a new player on the block in those states. Yeah, absolutely. Especially right. New Jersey, New York. I mean, that's where Rutgers is. Yep. I think this is a big game here in in the uh, Big Ten East. Penn State might have won last year pretty handily, twenty three to seven. But I think this is going to be a ball game here. And look, every week I tell you that Rutgers is interesting this <laughs> year, this year, and I'm gonna keep on saying that until you knuckleheads finally get the point. <laughs> all right, all right, and Patty, see your thoughts on Rutgers at Penn State. Hey, you made me be a little more interested and bullish on Rutgers than I am, but I am not far behind you. I and, and Colby and I have been in love with the Golden Guido. Oh, I, can, I want him to turn them into. I want. I hope he stays there the rest of his career. Yeah, hope he's there for 20. Can years. you imagine if yeah. he upended the the balance of power in the How Big Ten? I don't know if he's there for 20 years, but yeah. I yeah. mean, he's probably in his mid fifties. You would have to think. I got to quickly look at that. But yeah, I think there's plenty of time for him to, you he's know, a young man. I, I I would be surprised if he's older than fifty six. To be honest, yeah, Colby, let me know when you pull it up. But I, I'll say this: he's fifty five. Yeah, he could do a good twenty years here. Please build it. You've already took the money and left for the Buccaneers. Didn't work out for you. Tennessee fucked you over. Smear campaign. That's right. right. Just stay where you're wanted. You're- I just want to see one time. Rutgers be favored over Ohio state at that point. He should retire and say, I've done my fucking job. <laughs> and, and, and you're right. Shiano grew up in New Jersey. He, he actually got his first job in 1989 as a uh, GA at Rutgers. But in 1990, Penn state came calling. He was a GA at Penn state, then became a DB coach from 91 to 95. So this is a, uh, it's a big game for him. So he's gone from whacking fucking Guidos to <laughs> t- touching little boys <laughs> and back in <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he had no part in that. He got smeared improperly. Fuck you, Tennessee, for doing that. Yeah. Greg Schiano is a saint and he is doing the Lord's work at Rutgers, bringing them to the top of the I, I'm loving line. it. And look, it, Nick just sold me on the game a little more than I thought I would have it rated. So, dude, it's a border battle. I Say like it. No fucking more. And I just <laughs> feel like Penn State can be, I could just see them like, being like asleep at the wheel a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I could see Penn state. Okay. You know, we're, we're playing for, you know, I forget. I don't know who, who their game is the the week before, but Oh, that's Michigan. It's Michigan. They could totally be asleep at the wheel. They're hosting Michigan. They get that big win against Harbaugh and then they're completely asleep and Shiano comes in and boom, gets it done. All right, Patty C pick number 12. Where you going, pal? Oh boy. Okay. Let me, uh, peek around here. Oh, I want to go up the list. I want to go down the list. We are definitely in tier two at this point. 
let me take you to. I have nothing, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> give me all right. Give me okay. Give me Washington going to Colorado. Colorado had a really good le- year last year. They were almost undefeated. They didn't get uh, eliminated till late in the uh, season from the uh, conference championship game. And that was what didn't uh, didn't they get dodged? Didn't they fucking not have yeah. the uh, USC, USC game? ducked them? Yeah, USC ducked them. So uh, now we have Washington at Colorado. Obviously, like we've said before, we believe these teams belong in the same division, but they're in opposite sides of the division. Still, both w- teams could be affected by this in their hunt for a divisional crown. And look, it's just good football. And the more games that Colorado has in this setting, the more we're going to associate them with the Pac-12, which I know Colby probably is somewhat against because he loved them in the Big 12. I, I prefer Colorado in the Big 12, but... Uh, you know, they are where they are. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that they're going to go back. So I got to deal with this, but maybe there's some new rivalries brewing that you could get into Well, in 2019. Washington took an Allen Boulder, boom, uh, 20 to 14. So, um, plenty of reasons in the pack 12. No one wants to go and play in that fucking altitude. Those yeah, West Coast it, folks aren't used to that shit. Nick, what's your thoughts on uh, We went to this game, actually Washington at Colorado and the one we went to in Boulder. Washington won, blocked a punt. They did. Yeah. Colorado it was, in the was, rain. Colorado it was, like, was beating them at yeah. halftime. This is yeah, late pouring down rain. Too. It's kind of yeah. a sloppy game. Washington pulled away. Uh, no, it's a good game. And, you know, we mentioned earlier, you know, but maybe if everything goes as planned, Oregon and Washington are at the top of the Pac 12 North fighting for the regular season crown. We mentioned Oregon has a tough road test at Utah this week. If they lose that, Washington has a chance to take advantage, but they have a tough road test of their own at Colorado. We very well might see both schools on top of the Pac-12 North lose this week on I the road. Colorado's in the Pac-12 South. I know, no, he's talking about Washington and Oregon. Oh. Oregon's playing at Utah. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Gosh, yeah. I, I've had a couple of bourbons. I think I said that correctly, right? You did. You <laughs> yeah. did. Okay, sorry. Um, but you're right, and I think I think it's a dangerous spot. I mean, Colorado's I look, I had I had uh Mark Johnson, play by play analyst for Colorado on the the uh Colorado preview today and he thinks they're a bowl team and he thinks, you know, obviously Neuer's transferred out to, to Oregon State, but he goes both these quarterbacks um he thinks are very capable uh, of leading Colorado and making them a contender in, in the South. Carl Durrell Yes, Carl Durrell. I told you that coaching stat though, wouldn't that? What did he think of the uh, Neuer transfer, or or should we save that and tell people to uh, check out that pod? Uh, no. I mean, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, man. He thought. Well, he thought Neuer. You see, Neuer had gotten injured in that. Uh, in that, I think the bowl. No, I think actually in the Utah game, and he played the bowl game injured, and he had to have surgery in the off season. And while that was happening in the spring game. Both quarterbacks that are much younger than Neuer. He's a six-year senior. It. They played very well. Yeah. So I think he saw the writing on the wall. He's from Oregon, and also Oregon State's OC is the former quarterbacks coach of Colorado. Mm, so it just made a lot of sense. Um. So so he 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 just thought that that was uh he thought Darrell would go with the future as well. So, uh, interesting game though. Interesting game. All right, folks. I want to tell you that the college football experience is brought to you by prop swap America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets, find the best odds on NBA championships and, and Stanley cup futures. When you buy directly from other sports betters on prop swap, see a ticket you like, but think the price is perhaps too high. Submit a bid for a price that you think is fair. Then buy it. 
Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button. And PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is essentially worth. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased a Milwaukee Bucks championship future for 150 bucks when they were down 1-0 to uh, the Nets. Then they resold it for $1,000 after the Bucks won game seven. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think of it like a stock market, but for sports betting. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Just go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And if you're going to download that app, you might as well download our app, the SGPN app. Yes, it's now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, here we are. Dundee late in this draft pick number 13 going on here. Guys, I'm taking you to Madison, Wisconsin, <laughs> where my Nebraska Cornhuskers, I feel filthy saying that after my childhood are going to come into to Madison and deal them an L. Scott so Frost on Scott Frost. Keep an eye out on the on the Corn Huskers. All right, keep an eye out on my Corn Huskers. I, I think uh, this is a. I mean, I t- I told you. I think most of these games going on in the Big Ten West. I don't think there's much of an edge from team to team. I really don't. And I think every game they're gonna have to grind it out. I I don't even know honestly. I think there's value in every team short of Illinois. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Although I think. If I had to pick a second school that was in the lower tier, it would definitely be Nebraska. I think you're wrong. Scott Frost, Frost, uh, four and eight, five and seven, three and five in his first two years, first three years, no bowls, no bowls on a team that had gone bowling like 75 times in the previous 78 years. Do I got to tell you, we got to pull back. Let's take, let's toss COVID out of here, right? Toss COVID out of here. They lose by three to Colorado in 19 in overtime, right? They lose by seven to Indiana. They lose by four to Purdue. They lose by three to Iowa. They're much better than their record indicates. They're going to learn. <laughs> Adrian Martinez, year three. Year three, he's going to do it. I'm going to say this about Nebraska too, and Nick, I'm going to let you let you uh, spill your thoughts on this in just a second. I want to see how Frost. Uh, what happens when you have a coach that's coached on the offensive side of the ball and the defense side? Cause usually you have a coach that comes in and kind of coordinates one side of the ball or the other. And he finds a coordinator. Scott Frost is like more of a CEO type, even though he was a quarterback, he's not running the system that he ran in college. And since then his, his approach to coaching is probably get a little bit of everything. So I think it may be a, the pieces coming together more slowly for frost and eventually it coalesces or whatever the fuck the word is into something (laughs) congeals into something like really good. And Nebraska, I think it may be a slower build for him though, just because he doesn't have a specialty. Final. (laughs) Thank you. That's about right. You're trying to sound smarter than you actually are. (laughs) Well, that's constantly. I have an IQ of 65 here. Now Wisconsin, (laughs) believe it or not, has won the last seven. And they haven't even been close. Look at the last three. 38, 17, 41, 24, 37, 21. Yeah. And you think now I give you Nebraska's got a buy coming into this game that favors them. Give me the corn Huskers in a game. Sign me up. Patty sees Patty. C for some reason thinks Wisconsin's going to win the national championship. They were like, uh, not very good last year. So yeah, but you think Nebraska might win the big, tw- uh, the big 10 West. So well, both a- you guys anyone, are the big 10 West is almost like the coastal. <laughs> 
I mean, look, uh, if Northwestern well, wins here, it, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll say this, that I'm glad you picked this game because I didn't want to, but I did have it ranked right about here. Uh, no, I'm not buying Nebraska. I, I'm not buying what you're selling until they prove it to me on the field. I don't care. <laughs> so at this point, I think Wisconsin wins. They've, they've routed them by double digits, three games in a row. I'll probably do it again. <laughs> well, l- let me say something else too. Scott Frost's win percentage, even though they were only three and five last year, it has gone. He went uh, 33% of his games, 33% of his games, and then 38% of his games last year, even though they're only three and five. And that was without shit non-conference games. So he is getting better. Sounds like he's starting to believe <laughs> NC Nick. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Says John McClain. Okay, um, uh, it, NC Nick, it's on you. It is on you now. Let's let's pick uh, pick fourteen for you. All right, I got another uh, upset potential here, especially because I'm not buying this team. I think you might be selling it also, Colby. Arizona State at Oregon State. Some people say Arizona State might win the Pac-12 South. That's not it's not crazy talk. I guess you no, know, they're no, no. One they, of the they say the whole Pac-12 too. Oh, well, you know, even, even more so. Well, I think in a, a trip to Corvallis in mid November, especially since it's the second of back-to-back road trips, because Arizona state plays at Washington the week before, I think this is a perfect spot for the beavers to upset the sun devils. You know, I mean, Arizona state's a solid team, but I think people are rating them a little too high right now. And I would not be surprised if we see an upset in this game. I completely agree. I am all over the beavers in this game. And I don't sh- think a beaver has ever upset a sun devil. Let's be honest here. <laughs> should, I remind you, should I remind you? Should I Should I remind you that in, in 2019 on Saturday, November 16th, Arizona state came up to Corvallis and took an L you don't just walk in there and get a win. Even if Oregon state, it wasn't that great that year, but that was a big win for Jonathan Smith, 35, 34. He took down the sun devils. I'm all over this. Patty, see your thoughts on this game. Well, you know, uh, I went back, uh, back in the day and I wanted to look at that USC upset up in Corvallis. I want to say like 2008 or so. Yeah. And uh, there had been another one a, a couple years before when USC was elite. Yeah, that really is like a very tough place to play. And and if Jonathan Smith has them getting better, uh, Arizona state, if, if there's any ill effects from this scandal and it, even if there isn't, it's still going to be a tough game for them. Long trip late in the year, cold weather. I'm into it. I'll watch it. Yeah. Fuck it. Pack 12. Is it after dark? Do we know? Probably most right? likely. Yeah. Um, all right, Patty C it's pick number 15 with your pick. Where are you going? Okay. Well, there are some potentially intriguing games here, but you guys are going to, you know what? You guys are going to laugh at me, but I just like the contrast. It, it's, it's a similar vibe. Actually. It's, it's almost two identical uh, teams as the last one, just slightly worse Florida state at Boston college, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we I looked guess. at Boston. We just previewed yeah. Boston college. Yeah. Nick, <laughs> if you haven't, if you haven't checked out Boston college's schedule yet and done a deep dive on that, there is potential for them to have a great fucking. It season. really is. It, I mean, it sounds crazy, but there is a very high ceiling on what Boston College could accomplish this year. There's also uh, traditionally what Boston College would do is go seven six and six, six. Yeah. seven and five, six yeah. and six, win, win a bowl game over like Central Michigan, right, and go seven and six. Yeah. Um, uh, 
Patty C still tries to sell us this Florida State bucket, Nick. <laughs> he's still he's dying on that cross. Yeah, man. Boston College <laughs> is going to win this game. Uh, it's gonna be cold. Florida State does not play well in cold weather. This yeah. is an L. I mean, that's that that's kind of why I want to watch it. Like, I want to watch Florida State lose, and I want to watch them lose to Boston College because there was a time when Florida State losing to Boston College would never happen. You yeah. Know? And yeah. so the more of these that I get to enjoy. I'm going to fucking watch it. Okay? okay. So that's just a personal <laughs> enjoyment like, factor there. I'm an ACC guy and I didn't have this game on my list of 30. <laughs> well, you don't like watching Florida state lose as much as I do. So <laughs> I am not a hater. Uh, it's, it's a little fun. How Granted, can you not a be a fun. hater of Florida state? Unless you're a Florida state fan. If you were alive in the 1990s, you either hate them or you love them. They're more polarizing to me than Notre Dame because I, I was know. alive. In I the hate 90s. Notre Dame more. Notre Dame was irrelevant by 1993, by 1994. Okay, Florida State. No, not not from the top 25 rankings. (laughs) They're like number seven, and they're like six and five, and you're like, what? Well, Florida State was like bad for three or four years. You're not really relevant and not really hated anymore. Uh, It is kind of true with Nebraska for me. (laughs) I will hate Florida State forever. Florida State was bigger assholes than anyone. Like Alabama, for as obnoxious as they are, and as much as you want to watch them lose, Ohio State, Clemson, all of them, nobody was. Uh, Ohio, uh, like Florida State and Miami are alone in the terms of like how big of fucking assholes they were while they were. I winning. never really hated Miami. I didn't hate Miami that much yeah. either because they had kind of already died off by the time. But Florida State was like they would just whip your ass and talk shit. That was their whole deal for the whole nineties. <laughs> <laughs> it is still fun watching them lose. Yes. Oh, I- Maybe I'll say hearing of them lose because I'm not watching this game. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, fine. Uh, okay, pick 17 or 16. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to take you to Friday night. Yes, I know you want me to play one of these ACC games. Not going to do it, guys. Not going to do it. Friday night, we got a barn burner in the Mountain West Air Force with the triple option against the Air Raid and the Nevada Wolf Pack. Uh, Jay Norvell and Matt Mummy's bunch, son of Hal Mummy, just won himself a championship. Hal Mummy, friend of the program. Uh, this is this is a must-watch TV, especially on a Friday night. I mean, this one is one. I, I know it's going to be late for you, NC Nick, but I think it's worth it if you stay up and watch uh, a dandy in the Mountain West. No, I like it, man. It's a good game, and uh, the contrast of styles. I mean, to see the air raid go up against the triple option, that's you know interesting itself. Like. You know, if you watch NFL Sunday, like everybody's pretty much got a lot of the same offenses, the same styles. That's why we love some of this, you know, off the beaten path college football action. And Air Force Nevada, I mean, air raid, triple option. That's interesting if you ask me. And and both these schools are going to be good. I'm on the over for both of them. So I think highly for, for, you know, on both of them. So I think Nevada probably wins here, but I would. The, you know, the triple option is a different animal, man. So uh, I would not be surprised if, if Air Force hangs in there and maybe pulls it out. Yeah. Great, great Friday night game. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Patty, see your thoughts on air force at Nevada. Well, people, in case you forget air force has won 10 games, three times in the last seven years, Troy Calhoun, isn't some schlub, you know, sure. They were only three and three last year, but 90% of their team quit right before <laughs> the season started. So let's expect them to turn it around. And uh, I'll be damned if this game might not have some conference implications. Yes. Yes. It certainly might. Um, I'm telling you, this is especially a great with Nevada being as good as they are. That's a good, uh, is Nevada a tough place to win? Ask Purdue. The last time they went up there, they took an L that's right. It Ask is. Boise. Yeah. It may be a slept with, on yeah. kind of tough place to play. 
it's Reno. It's it's just gritty. Yeah, it's gritty. people go there and like their <laughs> dreams die as yeah. soon as they walk in the city. And like do meth and yeah. get all depressed. Like teams, you see the ref doing meth in the locker room. <laughs> As you drive into the city, like your spirit just dies. <laughs> like, but they're used to it. They're zombies. Uh, see Nick. We love you, Reno. Pick seventeen. Right. Where are you going? Stick, let's stick with the uh, a, a weekday game. Uh, you know where I'm going. We just did the Duke preview. Oh, man. Check that out. <laughs> Louisville at Duke Thursday night ACC football by itself. Good. <laughs> two teams Lord. that don't play very often only played two times in their existence. Only one time when they, while they were in, in the ACC, that was back in 2016. So it's that interdivisional matchup. You don't see often. We mentioned, uh, Hey, maybe Duke's fighting for a bowl game. Maybe Louisville's trying to climb the ladder in the Atlantic. <laughs> I love you how guys I, might not like it, but I like it. I love how Nick talks trash about Florida State, Boston College, and then he plays Louisville too. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this: if you have Notre Dame versus fucking like what Washington, that might be a hey. They've never played each other. That's intriguing. Not when it's Duke Louisville. It's like at least give us a rivalry. These are just two random fucking teams. And, and shout out to the ACC in a negative way here because. <laughs> Uh, what the fuck, man? Can you start playing nine conference games or at least get rid of these dumb rivalry games? So you only play one team. I was previewing Clemson earlier today. Had the uh, Clem- a guy from Clemson podcast on who covers the sport for them uh, for for Sports Illustrated, and Clem- this is Clemson's first time ever playing at Pitt this year. Ever playing at ever Pitt? ever. Ridiculous. What the fuck? Pitt's been in the ACC for since like '08 or something. Yeah. How is that possible? <laughs> That's ridiculous. SEC does the same thing, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's no it, ACC has pretty much copied what the SEC does in every scheduling aspect there is. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it, it sucks. I mean, it's but we, we just did Arizona state and, and I brought up in 2019, they lost in Corvallis this year. They're still playing in Corvallis. Yeah. 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 They play four uh, conference game, cross division yeah, games every, every year, year against different but, teams. I hear that new commissioner might be making some changes, so he might be following well, the same. Rightfully pattern. so, because it's not fair. I mean, look, yeah, as I, much I as agree. it's for the, unfortunately, the fan suffers because of the SEC and ACC doing this. Playing bitch ball. True. Yes, yeah, but true. but that means the other conferences have to wisen up and get down to that level playing yeah. ground. Yeah. Who can make their schedule easiest? That, it's that's horrible. the game right now. You yeah. know what might solve that is a larger playoff. Exactly. Voila. Louisville at Duke. And I will say this. I just made the case on the Duke podcast that, Hey, they could be a bull team. I expect Louisville to be a bull team. So if that happens where both these teams are, you know, bull teams, you never know. Louisville could be playing in, in for, for the ACC Atlantic. I know that sounds ridiculous because Clemson's waxed everyone in the ACC for a long time, but all it takes Clemson's only returning five starters on offense guys. <laughs> They're still reloading like a mofo. I know that, but I'm just saying, if there was ever a year that they, they, they can they can lose eventually, it happens well, and, to every another team. thing. And and the guest even brought it up, and you'll hear it on the Clemson pod, is that they are extremely thin at quarterback. And if ukulele it goes down, which he runs a lot, yeah. if he goes down, they have no depth. That's huge because their backup tore his ACL in spring. So. so Louisville at Duke. I get it. I don't like it played where it is, but the Thursday night at Duke. Yeah. It's nationally TV. Uh, obviously be no. that's the difference between that and the Florida state BC is that this is a Thursday night game. Big mm, difference Dude, mm. at Duke. You're talking about Florida state that finished in the top 14 or top four, 14 years in a row. That's something Alabama hasn't even been able to accomplish during Nick Saban's run. 
that was the most dominant team of our lifetime. Probably. I mean, I, I guess you have to say Alabama cause they have six national championships to show for it, but Florida state's right there. I put Nebraska Dude, up there. Yeah. Quit living in the past, man. This is 2021. Dude, I, I might be, I might be in attendance at this game. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about this. I will always find for the re- Duke can win 55 national championships in a row. I'll find Florida state a more intriguing uh, matchup. Really? Than, yeah. Than, well, not, Florida state, I was thinking about this last year. Would they have beaten Florida Atlantic? I don't think they would have. Florida State, yeah. Oh, they're terrible. But I'm saying Florida Atlantic played for the Conference USA Championship. They're still talented, dude. They, they, hold on. But my point is, is within the state, they're like the six-rated school. Sure. You put Miami, or I'm sorry, Florida one, UCF two, Miami three, four Florida Atlantic fifth. They'd be number five. They'd be number five last, according to last year. Okay. Well, let me tell you this. Right now, they have fucking two five-star recruits, despite. Being a terrible team for the last few years, buddy. Last year they had players get drafted in the NFL, and their result on the field was shit. Well, it's only a matter of time before. I mean, you talking about Norvell in his first year? Okay, yeah. Willie Fritz sucked ass. What uh, did the coach be? Willie Taggart or Willie Taggart? Don't, don't come on, my boy, Willie <laughs> Fritz. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Willie Taggart sucked ass. Um, but what did the guy before him do? Oh, he just fucking revived them and won a national championship. It took him a Pre-playoff few years. Pre-playoff, and Clemson which was makes not it Clemson. Even harder. He got out of town when Clemson started whooping his ass. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to watch. Okay, Patty C, it's on you. Pick number 18. Where are you taking us? Okay, we got a bunch of games that have a similar vibe here. I don't know which one to take, but I'm going to surprise you guys. A game that I have a little bit of interest in that I, I think is completely off your guys' radar. That is Auburn at South Carolina. Well, I, no, it's not off my radar because last year South Carolina, as bad as they were, they beat Auburn. Yeah. So you got two new coaches, and I actually am really curious to see what happens with Shane Beamer. I yeah. want to know what the hype is about, and uh, just the fact that Carolina beat him last year—that tells me this game's got to be played in this top thirty. Nick, your thoughts on Auburn, South Carolina? No, yeah, you know it's a good spot for. I think South Carolina is one of the teams we've mentioned the least when we talk about, you know, every week, you know, this is week 12. So we, this is our 12th pod doing this schedule thing every week. And I would say maybe one or two South Carolina games has made the list. Yeah. So apparently we don't think too highly of South Carolina this year, but they are interesting to see what they'll do under Beamer. And it is, you know, at South Carolina and Auburn's not blown anybody away, you know? So I think it could be a game here. It's, it's played at the right spot. I'll watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they beat them last year. We got to watch this. There one, it is. Right? This is better than probably. I think this is actually, this probably should have been a little higher. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not. There's a few ga- other games that I, I mean, like we too. put Rutgers Penn state there because of the, a lot of the recruiting battle, but yeah. on, on the field last year, Penn state destroyed them. South Carolina beat Auburn last year. I still yeah, find Rutgers true. Penn state more, more intriguing, but I will say this. I mean, just because neither of those teams, I, Auburn might, but Harson, I think it's going to take him a, a couple of years to get it going. I don't, I don't think he's an upgrade as a coach over Malzahn necessarily. So, I mean, you would expect an eight and four year from Harson probably at best, but uh, Beamer, um, you know, I heard something that there's whispers that he might go and get uh bud foster friend of the program, really? but they really? ended up getting some guy who would, uh, Played ball at NC State, uh, a guy that Beamer likes. So I, that that guy, I want to say, I forget his last name. I think his last name is White. 
I think he will potentially be an up and coming coach as well. Look for him to maybe take over that, for David that, Cutcliffe. That running back Kevin Harris they have is a baller. He is. Um, uh, all right, guys. Well, this concludes part one. The rest of this episode will be available in part two. We're going to draft the rest of the games. Then we're going to hit you with the Lou Holtz what the fuck game of the week and pick our upsets of the week. Uh, so tune into episode two here. This concludes episode one on the college football experience. Week 12, way too early preview edition.